Hey everyone, Jay here. I just wanted to say that we've got some really cool artwork for this episode, so you're going to want to click through to the show notes to check out the full version of the image, which we'll be showing in your podcatcher right now. Our thanks go out to Yuri Keynes on Twitter for working with us to create this piece of art. Anyway, on with the show. Dude, this is a really bad idea. You know she gets hair envy. It 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 will be fine. Trust me. Uh, uh, right, just wear the Reno wig. Come on, the last thing we need is more bloody shouting. Telling you, dude, it'll be fine. Okay, right, Lulu's here. If you're not going to take that bloody wig off, I'll get the door. Right you up. Hey! Hey, nice to see you. Like the outfit. Red 13 suits you. Thanks. Uh, I see you're rocking the Aerith look, by the way. Cheers. Didn't think you would go for recording and cosplay. Did you brush your fur? Yeah, you know, I thought I might make the effort. Looks good, man. Uh, so what's Jay's dress? Hey. What's that on your head? Uh, a wig. Don't really have the look for cosplay, but um, uh, are you okay? Take that wig off. Uh, no, I, I I like it. Lulu needs your hair. You say what? Give me your hair. Uh, hangs on, hangs on. We, we, we can sort this. Give me your hair. Holy crap, she's strong. Just take the damn wig off. And welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jay, sometimes known as Caprogman, sometimes known as that idiot over there. And with me, as always, is Squidgy. How are you, Squidgy? Hello, Squidgy. What? Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Um, okay. How are you, Squidgy? I'm not bad. I I'm you know, I'm I'm a bit tired. I'm Last night I was moonlighting as the bravest toaster of all, so I texted out here. Okay. Um, <laughs> but with us this week as well, this episode, this time period, this whatever, is uh, Lulu. How are you, Lulu? I'm all right, thank you. Hello. Hey! <laughs> Podcast dance party. <laughs> anyway, um, yes. So um, we, what we usually do is we talk about recent games. We've done that already. Um, that may be coming out before this or after this. I don't know. We do the grip time cast pod machine wibbly wobbliness to find that out. Um, but what we're going to talk about this time is, uh, is the Final Fantasy VII remake. Now, the reason we're bringing this up is because, uh, Lulu has completed Final Fantasy VII remake. Squidge is quite far through Final Fantasy VII remake and I haven't even seen it because I'm sad and don't have a PlayStation 4. So naturally we're all, we're all experts at this. Absolutely. Um, hey. Yeah. So what I'll say is, um, at least we'll find out in a minute how far Squidge is into the game. If you haven't played it, hit pause, go play it and come back because we're going to discuss the things that Squidge has done. So if you don't want the spoilers, then, you know, we'll throw the spoiler alert in right here. 
That's it, right? So if you don't want the spoilers, go away and play it and then come back or wait until it comes out and everything else and then listen to the episode again. I don't know. But yes, I did. I did. I did write a little bit of an intro. So I apologize in advance to everyone, not just the listeners, but to y'all who are in this recording with me as well. So uh, what I wrote was, (laughs) remember when we had to save the world from the despicable Shinra Corporation? The year was 1997, and we were thrust into a cyberpunk adventure with a young man who doesn't seem to remember things that clearly, because he's an unreliable narrator. There was magic, swords, materia, biblical overtones, angels with only one wing, and of course, a Scottish cat robot thing. We are, of course, talking about Final Fantasy VII, which has recently been remade as an episodic title, and we are here with Lulu to talk about it. Uh, one thing to note, as I said earlier... Uh, we have completely different EXP levels in this remake. Um, with regard to this remake, we've all played the original, but as of right now, as we're recording, not as of when the episode goes up, as of right now when we're recording, Lula has finished the game about 12 to bajillion times. Squidge, <laughs> is, <laughs> Squidge is most of the way through it. And, um, I, well, for me, my experience of it is I held a giant, a full-size replica of the Buster Sword at EGX. That's about as far as I've gone. But yes, <laughs> you said thrust. <laughs> God, professionals. <laughs> but yes, so uh, we are going to talk about Final Fantasy VII remake. So, firstly, to set the 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 sort of the stage, Scridge, how far are you into the Final Fantasy VII remake? Um, I've just done the wall market bit. Okay, fair enough. So um, another thing, obviously, I mentioned earlier on, it is an episodic title. So Final Fantasy VII, the remake that has, like, as we are recording, recently come out for PlayStation 4, is actually kind of Final Fantasy VII, the remake, part one of N number of parts. We don't really know how many parts yet. Um, and so it only really contains what some people would, would think of as, like, the tutorial for the original game. So my understanding is it cuts off... So in Final Fantasy VII, you do a whole bunch of stuff uh, in in one town called Medgar, and part of that doing a whole bunch of stuff is you end up going to the Shinra headquarters, the Shinra, the people who are sort of using all of the Earth's natural resources. You go up there, something happens there, and then you escape from the city. And that's kind of, you can see that as the bookend of the tutorial or chapter one sort of thing. And, and my understanding of the remake is it kind of cuts off at that point. Um, so... I guess, without giving anything away, is that where it cuts off, Lulu? Yes, that is correct. Okay, sure. So so even though Scritch has said he's up to sort of like the, the marketplace, the wall market bit, the honeybee in bit, that's actually quite far through the actual, the remake. Uh, hopefully you can hear the bunny quotes, right? Yeah, I'd say it's about the midway point for sure. <sighs> midway. Okay. Oh. Oh, it's more of it. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So um, what are your initial thoughts, everyone, on Final Fantasy VII, the remake so far, I guess? Would you first? like to go first? No. <laughs> He's, He's shaking, shaking his, his head. head. No. Okay. I, I will take the lead then. My, my personal thoughts. I, I was lucky enough to get it a whole week early. So... 
I was completely spoiler-free on the internet. No, Not many people had it, so I was very fortunate in that sense. Without any spoilers, I like what they've done with it. They've fleshed out sort of like the A to B sort of sections, you know, because in the original game with Midgar, you could get through it if you didn't know what you were doing in about six, seven hours, shall we say. So it's not a small part in the game, but it is in a weird way. But for an opening scene, that's quite long. But there was a lot of story points that were just very much like, here's point A, now you're suddenly at point B, and there was no sort of bit in between of like getting there. They fleshed all of these things out. They've made certain characters more involved, Mm. uh, very lovable. If you played the OG game, you know who I mean. (laughs) They've also introduced new characters, and some of them are from, uh, well, one of them for certain is from a novel that they did. It was called the uh, the Turk Side Story, and it's an official novel. And one of these characters does end up in the game as sort of like a bit part, and it is quite cool because it's like it's showing you that their world is definitely expanding. Combat, I absolutely loved it because I played Final Fantasy fifteen and I got on really well with it. Obviously, I play fourteen a lot, and it's in a weird way, it's kind of similar to that. So I was already prepared for that. Hmm love how you're able to upgrade weapons and make them more unique instead of just like oh here's a new sword this one's better than the old one let's just stick with this until something better comes along you can mix and match it and you can really make your characters how you want them to be so like you could make cloud a solid tank or you could make barrett the tank and cloud a healer type there's more versatility in that music God, the music is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. There's a few original tracks in there that they put in for the remake, which normally I'm a bit like, with, but there's one particular track that I absolutely adored called Ignition Flame, and I think you've already heard it. Where are you? Walmart. Yeah, you would have heard it. It's the, uh, the Roche fight. Roche? Roche. Is that the thing with the house you were telling me about yesterday, Squidge? Is that, is that the Colosseum music? No, it's kind of like, it sounds like punchy violins, really quick paced. And then in the yeah. middle, it'll, yeah, that's called Ignition Flame. And I absolutely love it. I've got it as my ringtone. It's that good. But yeah, the music as a whole is just fantastic. What they've done for the remixes of it, like... One of Eris's themes, uh, Flowers Blooming in the Church. Oh, so good. I'd say one that I did like, and it was it was just one that I stumbled upon. It was, um, there's like a, it's almost like a reggae mix of the Chocobo theme. Oh, yeah, for the jukeboxes. I, so I, good. I, I, I sat there and listened to it for about 10 minutes. I just loved yeah, it. I like the jukebox system. It's such a nice little little thing of like, oh, here, you can like set up to have certain music playing in a different area as you're walking past. Absolutely love it. Sounds weird, yeah, but it works. It does. Okay, no, that's fine. <laughs> no, I trust you. I trust you. <laughs> and the voice acting. Can I mm. just say, I don't know whether any of them will ever listen to this. If you do, 
It's awesome. In fact, you know what? I follow uh, Roche's uh, voice actor on Twitter and he's very good at responding to people. I might even link him this episode and be like, dude, check this out. So to (laughs) anyone from the voice cast that listens, you have done an incredible job. You have taken characters that people have been in love with for 23 years that were voiced by other people for 17 of those years and you've given them new life and mm, me personally a new appreciation of the characters like bravo thank you so much incredible top-notch work didn't sound remotely stinted or awkward or cardboardy you all sounded so organic thank you cannot praise the voice acting enough it was incredible wait i could gush for hours about uh cody who voices cloud incredible i love that guy he's so good does a really good job just like just that one word of nope oh love it absolutely love it they're all incredible so yeah round of applause for those guys so yeah in short i was very apprehensive about this remake but i've got to say it square enix have knocked it out of the ballpark they've done it they've really done it okay yeah what would you say, Squidge? Do you do you agree with what uh, Lulu has said? Is that essentially what you would have said, but in slightly different words? <laughs> the only thing I was apprehensive about, and there was there was a fair amount. There was well, there was two things I was apprehensive about. First thing was sort of if microtransactions were going to be shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really concerned about that because I thought if the game does really well and they decide to shoehorn in microtransactions that can not only alienate part of the fan base but it can ruin it as mm. well so that i was worried about but i haven't seen anything yet i i got the the um the collector's ed so i've got like the art book and the the music tracks and stuff mm-hmm. so i've got that so that's not a problem the only other thing i was rather concerned about considering um sort of like the topic it it can be involved in i know random jazz hands is uh <laughs> is how they were going to do the honeybee in because in the original you had to go a set way to get into the honeybee in it wasn't mm-hmm. part of the story whereas in the remake it is part of the story and i thought how they're going to approach this because when it comes to stuff surrounding the honeybee in um people are a bit more sensitive these days and mm. that's the best way i can put it uh, when it comes to subjects like that. And mm. I can honestly say I replayed that entire Honeybee in bit six times because I just loved it that much. I I think I agree with you there. They did a really good job on it mm. um, because back in 97, for those of you who aren't aware, there is a section where Cloud has to essentially dress like a woman. Now, in 97, that was kind of tee-hee, tongue-in-cheek. But in today's society, that can look quite insulting to um, a lot of people. Yeah. But I think that the way that they handled it was brilliant. I've not mm. seen any complaints on Twitter, Facebook, any any sort of you know media circles saying they handled that wrong. Mm. So they clearly they 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 listened and understood what people wanted. And a lot of people, even the transgender community, were like, no, you need to have the cross-dressing scene because it's important. 
it's character development (laughs) you know and a lot of people appreciate it but yeah definitely the way they handled that was it was like chef's kiss kind of deal (laughs) so yeah yeah it was it was definitely um i was kind of concerned about that because i thought of everything Mm. in the story and I, i thought of the entire story but i thought just midgar of everything in the story that could be the most problematic yeah. Um it, it does cover a lot of things. Obviously we said spoiler alert at the beginning, so it does mention sort of like mass deaths, that is a part of the story in it. Mm-hmm. There is um what's classed as terrorist bombings, which is avalanche. You you, mm-hmm. you bomb a reactor, obviously. Um it's part of the story. And I thought that's again, with these days being these days, that's that's sensitive as well. But I thought the honeybee could be the most problematic of everything. Mm-hmm. Um that could that could see the most backlash. Um, yeah, but they handled it really well, and more importantly, they made it fun. They yeah, did actually make it fun, and as I said, I replayed it six times. That's why I'm so behind. Um, I just loved it. I thought it was a right laugh. It's not that the game wasn't enjoyable, but that was genuinely. I was, I was sat there. It involves a mini game, and I was doing the mini game, and I failed the first two times because I was laughing so much. <laughs> I was really enjoying myself, and which is really weird considering that I played. I've in the past I played a hell of a lot of rock band and I should know better. But you know, I I just really enjoyed it. I didn't think I would. The honeybee in bit. Um I don't know mm. why, but I didn't think I would. I think they made it the right level of flamboyant. Yeah. And I think flamboyant is the word to use. It is very colourful. It's very energetic, but it's yeah, it's definitely it's definitely flamboyant, but not without feeling tacky. Mm. It's, it's more like a, a showcase. It's it it was and an, it was essentially a show. Cloud gets dragged up on stage and he has to participate in a show. Yeah, um, in front of all these paying customers. And the first time I did it, the bit that made me sort of lose it was you get about halfway through. But when you start, you're dragged into a booth with, I think it's three of the honeybee girls. So you sort of sat there and you're wedged in. You're, you're being grabbed, so you can't go anywhere. And then the leader of, of the honeybee and the guy who owns the place is right, you on stage, essentially. It wasn't that. He didn't say yeah. the exact words, but he went, you on stage now. So you go on stage and he sort of, he gets Cloud into dancing. And then Cloud just, at one point, he just goes, ah, and then goes for it. About halfway through, it cuts back to the booth where Cloud was sitting and Aerith was there. And she's getting right into it, and I dropped the pad laughing. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's like cheering him on, clapping, you know, <laughs> having a little dance in her seat. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. And then when Cloud actually gets right into it towards the end, he goes back to her, and she's sort of like, uh, "This is odd. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting this." <laughs> but no, um, back to the. You know the cross dressing section. Um, mm. I think I think what really sold it for me, and I've actually I've gone to look for the quote so I don't misquote it. It's uh, the Honeybee Inn owner is um, a character called Andrea Rodea, and he says to Cloud, and I quote: "True beauty is an expression of the heart, a thing without shame to which notions of gender don't apply." And I thought, nailed it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely nailed it. 
it's not it's not about you know the way he's seeing it is it's not about what you know what cloud's gender is it's like he's he's seeing it as you're expressing yourself why should you limit yourself because you are a male Mm. and yeah yeah, good on it i like i say nailed it absolutely nailed it Mm. so yeah very happy with that very happy with how you know even after that you know, when Cloud gets his, his dress and he's, you know, he's more feminine looking. Like, you can, even the way he walks, he walks, you know, with his hands clasped in front of him, very more, you know, much more delicate. But then you've got Eris teasing him, giving it, oh, can I take a picture? And he's like, no. And she's like, but you're so pretty. And he's just like grumbling all the way because, you know, this is a guy that was in the military. And he's like, now in a dress walking through a very public area. <laughs> Yeah, and then when you get to Don Don Corneo bit, unlike the original where you had to like load your game three times for Cloud to get chosen, he's yeah. the one that gets chosen. And I I thought, how is this going to work? Because in the original, he's sort of like a silent protagonist. But in this, he's, how to put this, very abusive towards the Don, and the Don reciprocates. He likes it he, to a point like- where um, sort of it, when when he gets dragged off, you see uh, Tifa and Aerith being taken downstairs, and then there's a, a cutscene where they both kick the crap out of everyone, and then they run up to Cloud, trying with his gear. And when it goes to Cloud, there's there's the Don on the bed bouncing up and down because he thinks it's hilarious that Cloud is fully insulting him to a point where he's laughing and Cloud saying stuff like, you know, "Pay you're, off, and you're yeah, disgusting." Yeah, you're disgusting. You're a- it was. I was sat there thinking, yeah, that makes sense. He's dressed up very delicately, but he's he's giving it, you know. But the Don's but, like, oh, I like a girl that plays hard to get, and it's like, on one part you're going, huh, but at the same time you're kind of laughing at the yeah. ridiculousness of it. <laughs> yeah, because the Don's such a sleazy character. And oh, he, he is. The minute you see him, you think, oh crap. Yeah, you this, like, this is even worse. Just like that, 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 that reflex of ha. <laughs> yeah, and I thought in the original, whenever you saw any of them get picked, when the Don's sort of like getting ready to pounce, his legs disappear. All you see is like the top half of his body perfectly still, and then he's thrusting. And he's on the um... bed, and I thought, oh god, no. Not again. I, I don't need to see. I don't, don't. I don't need to see the thrust in here. Oh God, they're doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> you, you sort of you're laughing because of Cloud's responses, and I was just, it was just abusing this man, right, calling him <laughs> names and all sorts. But his reaction, you're sort of going ah ah ah, but you can't look away because it's so funny. It and is. Then, it's great. Then even after that, they still include the bit where they say, "I'll smash him. I'll crush him. I'll rip him off." But they changed it up slightly so that the last thing that said is I'll rip them off and it's Aerith that says that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I saw that and I thought, you know what, I believe you, just answer her for God's sake. <laughs> she's, she's, she's too chipper and upbeat to not believe. Just answer her, please. Well, that's another thing. It's like, you know, the, the war market section was great, but what I also like is the little character interactions as well. Yeah. Like, instantly when you meet Eris, when you fall through her church and you're escaping the church from the Turks, you know, she's already sort of playfully teasing Cloud and trying to get him to open up. And, you know, like, 
uh, there's a section where she falls off a roof and he catches her and she's like, oh, my hero kind of thing. And, you know, always teasing him. And there's another section where you're going through. It's kind of like it's a typical slum area. There's loads of garbage around and it's, you know, it looks like a junk heap. And Cloud mentions that monsters naturally go for a weaker target. And, um, Eris says something like, oh, these ones must be different. Why is that? Oh, because, you know, they went for the stronger target, meaning they went for her. And it's just <laughs> like, it's those little interactions that really make it so much better. And really, like, because as much as I enjoyed the movie Advent Children, there was a problem with it with Eris's character. And they made her kind of too pure, too holier than thou. Yeah. And a lot of people forget that she was a troll. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It was Tifa that was the sweet, innocent one out of the two. And they've really sort of like pushed that with this, with how Eris talks to him and how Tifa interacts with him. Mm. And um, yes, I know I keep saying Eris. It's been 23 years. Bite me. <laughs> 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 you know, and they've really pushed it home that she is the more playful one out of the two women. And mm. I'm glad that they've done that. Like, Within the first five, five, ten, fifteen minutes of meeting Eris, she's the only two out of the girls that uh, curses. Yeah, I was surprised the, at that. Really it, surprised. I loved it because it was just like, well, that's her character. She's a slum mm. girl, and it's not even like a hard swear. It's you know, it's the S word, but it's just like the way it's said. It's so natural for her to come out with it that it's not like, oh my god, she swore kind of thing. But it, again, it's showing the dynamic between the two women because throughout the entire game, Tifa doesn't curse. Mm. She, you know, she's very, I wouldn't say well-spoken because she's not, you know, she's not a rich girl, but she's mindful of what she's saying because she's used to being around a four-year-old girl. And that was another thing. Barrett reuniting with Marlene when they go back to Seventh Heaven. Honestly, I don't know what was cuter, Marlene or the way that Barrett looked at her, because my heart just became a puddle of cute. <laughs> I was dying, going, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. The um, My favourite interaction between um, Cloud and Aerith, I'm going to say Aerith because I've played the remake too much, mm -hmm. um, is when you're getting to wall market when you're going through that tunnel with the hands mm. and she effectively within those because it's it's a bit of a long stretch if you want the extra material it's it's i got a little bit lost and mm. couldn't really figure it out and then i went oh god i've got to do that so i had to do it all again all the way through these th i think it's three really long tunnels with random yeah. fights in between she teaches cloud how to high five. Oh, that's so cute he's so awkward yeah, he sort of she she puts a hand up and then he goes, he's sort of what, and, and then she's sort of like, oh okay, and then eventually they get all the way towards the end. Oh, there's Wall Market, and then they just look at each other, and then it's just a high five. There's no awkwardness. Yeah, she, she just keeps trying, and it, it it sort of clouds going. Oh well, maybe. And oh, you can and then tell in his the face. Mist, yeah, the misfire as well, where he put his hands up for her, yeah. and she didn't respond, and it was just like, <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, don't worry about it. We'll get there," sort of thing. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but yeah, the character interactions are just phenomenal. You know, they're fleshing out these characters more because mm. you didn't really get that much in the original yeah. Midgar section. 
yes, there was a lot of interaction, but not nearly as much as there is now, because even when they're walking through stuff, the characters are still talking and reacting to the environment around them, you know, and even when they go into combat, they'll say little things to them, like, you know, Eris will say, oh, I can help too, you know, kind of like, because she's a slum girl, of course she can take care of herself, but Cloud's you know, in in a in a weird way, he's kind of old fashioned, and that's a theme that you see a lot throughout the game. Is that he's always running to one of the girls' aides, not because he doesn't think they can take care of themselves, but because he's he's an old fashioned kind of guy. You know, hmm. he feels that he's got to protect them, and I know that might be po- problematic for some people, but I think it's quite endearing to his character because, on the one hand, he's just like. You know, for the, for the first couple of hours of the game, he's just constantly like, "Where's my money?" Yeah, yeah, but that's awesome. But where's my money? Oh, I'll do this, but you're going to pay me. You know, he comes off as really cold and aloof, and then you see him doing something out of instinct of running to someone's side, and it's sort of like it's those little tidbits of his character that actually he does care. It's it's him learning to, I don't want to say soften up, but loosen up. I'll say it's, yeah. it's him learning to be more aloof. So by the time he gets to Sector 5, which is where Aerith is, mm-hmm. um, by the time he gets to there, you have, in, in the main game, when you get to hubs, little towns, you have side stories, mm. which can net you either accessories. I think one of them gives you a bit of materia. You mm-hmm. you gain in popularity in the town, which gains you um, more side stories, which gets you more XP. Um, cause leveling is a bit of a, leveling up is a bit of a grind. It's, mm. it's a bit of a long-winded process to do that. So doing all the side storage will level you quicker. By the time Cloud gets into the Sector 5 slums, there is a part where you, you, Cloud and Aerith become honorary members of a kids club. So they're allowed in a secret area, right? Oh, and then yeah. there's a small band of, is it, what is it? Is it the squad? A group of six kids with the wooden swords. Is it the squad? Yeah, oh, they play the uh, the the box game. Yeah, well, there's there's a group of six kids called the Squad, and how it works is there's an orphanage, and the kids do odd jobs around the slums, picking up um, shopping, picking up garbage, helping people out, because the orphanage is run entirely on donations. So the kids go out as a squad, a, gr- a group of kids, and you notice them because they've got um, essentially wooden buster swords on the back. Uh, that's how you can tell. And they do stuff. Now, one of the parts is you round all of them up, and then one of them's really concerned because the Toad King is <sighs> is trying to encroach into their secret area because it's right next to a battleground. And they're really concerned, and Cloud's like, well, I can do it, but it's going to cost you. And a couple of kids will go, well, I, I don't really have that money. And then one of them says, well, I, I can pay you once I get my store sorted. Right? And he sort of stood there, and he thinks, and then he goes, it'll cost you three gil. And they're like, what? I went, just three gil, and I want the money up front. And you're thinking, three gil? You know, as as compared to, I want my money now, where's my money? I don't But care. he even makes a show of saying, like, it's a special one-off, um, yeah. you know, charge for dealing with Toad Kings, because he's, he's like, <laughs> these kids have nothing, mm-hmm. you know. And it's little things like that that do show you that Cloud is fundamentally a decent human being. He's just he's he's playing a role of like, you know, hard mercenary that doesn't care. It's just like I'll get the job done, but you're going to pay through the nose for it. Mm. And so yeah, those little things I really like. And 
yeah, I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. And you're going to love it even more the further you get into it because he really starts softening more towards the end, which makes sense because, you know, he's he's been with, like, these characters for a while. Like, obviously, with Tifa, it's different because he's known her the longest. But with, like, even with Barrett, they start warming up to each other because they really don't get on to start with. And that's true of the original, you know, Barrett's always berating him and Cloud gives as good as he gets. Yeah. And then, you know, it just all starts to sort of fall into place where they start having a bit more friendly banter and it's, you know, it's really nice. I like that. But I think the biggest thing we need to talk about is those Sephiroth scenes. I haven't seen many of them. I've but seen you've up to like seen... four man. Yes, and I know you've. I know you've said before that you've got hair envy. I can only imagine it's got worse. Oh, it has. It really yeah. has. His hair is glorious. <laughs> but I, I still don't understand how it doesn't burst into flames. Um, yeah, you'd, you'd think the ends would get a bit singed. Yeah, you'd have thought that, but it's. I, I like the way they've done it so far. Obviously, mm. I've only got so far into it, but how it's it's playing more into Cloud having these visions, mm. sort of of him. Now, I'd, obviously, I'm I'm not too far into the story, so I, I don't know if because I played the original, if it's they're going to allude to he's still a ghost at this point, or You'll have if to it's see. yeah, I thought it'd be something like that. But it's it's sort of at the moment I don't know whether he's like a ghost or if he's real or if it's Cloud having these. Marco influenced sort of like flashbacks. I well, know that's that we... even what he said is that the first time that you see him properly is after the first reactor bombing. And mm. after that scene, Cloud's even like, must be the Mako. Yeah, that's it. That's what's doing it. It's, you know, he's already trying to reason with himself. And mm. you as a player, that it's like, no, it's not real. It's mm. just, it's in my head. The Mako fumes have got to me. I'm seeing stuff. And if you've never played the original and you have no idea what's going on, you'll be like, all right, yeah, no, that makes sense. But again, if you have, you sat there going, ah, I see what you're doing, Square. You're, yeah. tr- you're, you're having Cloud reason with himself about this. I also like the fact that if you play this one as opposed to the original, you don't have that high-pitched whine of the original uh, when he's sort of having those headaches and he's down on his, down on his knees and you have that mm. really high-pitched whine. Which yeah, I I played most of the when I had my first playthrough of Final Fantasy VII. I played most of it with headphones, and the yeah. first time that happened when you set the first bomb at the beginning of the game, I I instantly I just flicked the headphones off so quick because it was really painful. Because obviously, me being a kid, it has to be really loud, you know. Yeah, um, and I just flicked them off. I was like, ah, no, no, stop it, stop it. And I I waited until the the first countdown timer started. And I was running out before I put the headphones back on because I thought I'm not having that again. Mm. That was really painful. But in this, it's more of a case of you you hear a little bit of a a pitch, a a sound. The screen goes slightly grainy. Yeah, it's very sepia. Yeah, it's it's sort of you know something's happening because it's giving you that 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 warning. But he's sort of he's holding his head and it's it's kind of like how it's presented. He's hearing things. 
Yeah. Also, the controller vibrates as well, like yeah. it's pulsing, almost like it's it's mimicking the throb in his head. It's yeah. not a heartbeat. It's like a throb. And it's like, oh, so that's what his head must be feeling like. And that whole scene was amazing after the first reactor because mm-hmm. everything's burning around him. And as you're following the the figure of Sephiroth, the further you get in, the more you're like, this doesn't look like Midgar. And then you yeah. see, like, I, I was just like, because I, I was playing it, my, my other half was with me watching it. And we both sat there and just went, this kind of looks like Nibelheim. And then I stopped and like, obviously the control was going nuts. Like it's vibrating against the rings I wear on my fingers. And I'm looking around and I'm like, yeah, no, we're not in Midgard. The further we're getting in, the more and more it looks like Nibelheim. Yeah. That's incredible. And then Sephiroth's just there and he mm. is huge. <laughs> mm. He is so imposing. Like Cloud for perspective is only like five foot seven. So he's not the tallest of guys. But then you've got six foot two Sephiroth literally standing over him. And the way that they angle the camera, you really get that imposing feeling of him towering over you. And he looks incredible. Like this was always the thing about Sephiroth is that I always said that even though he's clearly menacing to look at, he's also very beautiful. You know, he's a very attractive man. And you get that, 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 that whole, that beauty and horror with him. And they've got it just right. And again, to credit to the voice actor, um, Tyler Hochin, I believe it is. Perfect. He's so mm. perfect for it. He's got that lovely, silky, soft, menacing tone, and the stuff that he says to Cloud. Like they've like they're going dark in this game. Oh the yeah. Sp- <laughs> like oh. You need the right voice for a character like that because if it's too menacing, it comes mm. off as really cheesy. Yeah. If if you know if if the guy's voice is too gravelly, that's cheesy. Um, if they overact it, mm. that's cheesy. I think the only way you get around that is if, you know, if they didn't get the right voice, if they were, it would have ruined it. But if they were going for more like a comedic version of an, uh, of an evil villain, mm. if they got someone like Bruce Campbell in, that mm. would have worked in a very cheesy way. I can't imagine Bruce Campbell voicing his lines, but that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> but I, I do like it when you see Sephiroth, there's always that bleed between what's happened in the past and it sort of it it, it crossfades between the current situation and Nibelheim like instantaneously, but you really don't notice it mm. until you sort of see like, oh, Tifa's not dressed right. Ah, that must be the flashback. You know? Yeah, and it's it's done in a way that if you've played the original, it's it is Final Fantasy VII remake, but it's not a remake. It's a I see it as like a retelling or an accompaniment mm-hmm. to the original. Mm-hmm. So here's here's how the same story could be told in modern day with the advancements we've got now. Yeah. Um, with a different control style, but it still works. But obviously certain liberties have got to be taken, but then you can add so much more. Yeah. And where more characters get fleshed out, you get more. Well, it's even, it's even like, again, with the Sephiroth scene, like there was a bit that they, they kind of, I want to say retconned, but they didn't because it wasn't explicitly said in the original game, but you kind of got that feeling. But again, Sephiroth was like, 
talking about Cloud's mother. And in the original, it is implied that she was murdered by him. It's never explicitly said, but it doesn't take a genius to work it out. He pre- he butchered everyone else. Why would she be any different? But it's how he delivers it. He he says, you know, your mother, how she begged for, for me to spare your life, not her life, but yours. Mm. As like, it was something like as cold steel met with warm flesh. And it was just like, that's dark and it's Mm. and all the while while he's saying this you're getting a flashback perspective of cloud on the ground in front of his house reaching out and he's just saying mum mum and it's just like oh that's so dark and i love it and there's other instances that i can't really talk about but later Mm. on in the game pertaining to characters where it's like oh my god did you just say that like that's really disturbing but also kudos square (laughs) (laughs) so much to look forward to then oh yeah yeah you'll know the bit i'm talking about when you hit it because like when i I, again me and the other half were sat there watching it and just going jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) you know we're both grown adults he's in his 40s i'm in my mid-30s and we're just like whoa (laughs) so i like that there is this really dark gritty undertone because final fantasy 7 you know especially in the midgar section is very dark and gritty it's not a a colorful place it's not like final fantasy 10 where you wake up in besaide which is this lovely dreamy tropical village Mm. it's it's a mega city and it's you know you've got this giant metal plate blotting out the sky and you're just perpetually in gloom and dirt and filth and everyone's poor and struggling Mm. so yeah the fact that they have you know, Sephiroth, who has always been, you know, since the game came out originally 23 years ago, you mentioned Sephiroth to people and they're like, oh yeah, that guy's bad. You know, Mm. he's a bad guy. And they're really playing into that with him, like saying to Cloud, yeah, I murdered your mother and pretty much, (laughs) you know. She was begging for your life, but I still murdered her anyway. Mm. You know, and that's really playing into the mythos of Sephiroth of just how evil he is and how cracked he is that he can speak so calmly of such an awful act. And again, credit to the voice actor, Tyler Hochin. He knocked that out of the ballpark. It didn't come Mm. across as cheesy or campy. He just said it and a chill ran up my spine. He knocked it absolutely well out of the ballpark so yeah <laughs> in case yeah you wasn't wondering major trigger warning well we'll put yeah <laughs> um, yeah but i've i've got a, a series of notes and things mm-hmm. to ask um so uh if it's all right i'll start running through them absolutely I'm about that, dude. okay yeah. so uh wall market when i first played the game um, I'll be honest, I read names that fast that mm-hmm. they sort of stuck. So I didn't pronounce Tifa correctly. It was Aerith, not Ares, despite the fact the game called it Ares for some reason. Yeah. I always said Aerith. I don't know why. Um, Don Corneo, mm-hmm. because of the time it came out and like the pop- uh, what was popular at the time, was... I am Cornholio! For me. <laughs> and... I always heard, whenever it was on screen, I heard that clip from Beavers and Butted. 
every oh. time his name was on screen. And it always made me giggle. I'll be honest. You you get on well with my friend. Um, he uh, he comes up with little like nicknames for characters in uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, and they just they they make me die because I know who he's talking about now, and it's just even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, was that I I do like the fact that they they added they still had that level of sleaze to him because mm-hmm. I thought even in the original it's not. It's not as full on as a remake, but you can still tell the guy's an absolute scumbag. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's no feeling of sympathy for him whatsoever. Because no. from start to finish, he's, he's just an absolute tape bag. Yeah. Completely. Um, but what I did like was when you, when you, cause you've got to gain in the remake, you've got to gain favors from three people mm-hmm. instead of doing the certain bits to get like the perfume, the, the squat game still in there, which, Mm-hmm. I struggled with, but still did. You know, you still had all that, but you had to get th- three specific people's okay because they know what the Don likes. And um, when you go up to his residence, his palace, whatever you want to call it, the doorman repeatedly, over many instances, says, "You don't want to do this." Yeah, this is if you if you want to go for the audition in bunny quotes, um, it's the worst thing that you'll do. Just turn around and walk away. Yeah, and your persistence is going. Are you absolutely sure? Because it's not going to end well. And this is like these are people that work for the Don. Yeah, saying don't go in. They're not encouraging you. They're like we've been here long enough to know what happens, and it ain't pretty. You know, we should be loyal to our boss, at the, but at the same time. You know, like to them, they're like three very nice looking ladies. Please turn around. Don't come back. And yeah, I did like that. I did like that. They they were they were really selling how creepy and awful this person was. Mm. It's, um, it was it was quite disturbing, mm-hmm. uh, to say the least. But it was I, I thought it was like um, even with the, the small characters, you had that 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 more in-depth, I don't want to say character progression because you don't see him very often, but it's mm. sort of, it's you wouldn't expect that. You wouldn't expect that because in the original, it was sort of like all of his goons were like... Just as fully, creepy. Just as creepy and fully behind him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it makes it more... I'll just lean in a little bit. I mean, it, ma- it makes it a little bit more realistic, right? Because mm-hmm. you would, if if something like that were happening, if there was a weirdo running a competition to try and get a wife and was just using it to have sex with as many people as possible, mm-hmm. then you'd expect someone at the front to be like, I do work here and it is just a job. But yeah, just don't, don't because yeah. it's not going to end well for you. Yeah. Mm. And that that's definitely a point that they, they try and push across, um, especially with people that are living in the slums is that, They'll take any job they can because they're 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 not living on the breadline anymore. There there is no the breadline left them a long time ago, so they're going to do anything, even if it is morally questionable, because they've got to survive. Yeah. Uh, but it is good to see that there are characters that yeah, I've taken a morally questionable job, but I don't have to agree with it. Mm. It's and, um yeah, even with Walmart as it is, I mean, I'll be honest, I got lost a few times. It is pretty. Um, it's massive, but yeah. there's, even, there's even certain parts of Wall Market because it, it's it's put across as this uh, Shimmer leaves them alone; they run it themselves. 
it's the entertainment sector, but it's got a law unto itself. So if you want to have fun, have fun, but don't walk down certain streets. That's the sort of vibe you get. Mm. And it's even when you're walking down, because I, I have a habit of there's a main quest thing, go towards there. And I think, great, so what's over there? Yeah, so I'm like I, that. I explore everywhere. And even to see the sections of Wall Market where you see like drunk people in an alley trying to talk yeah. and stumbling, or you go a bit further down to where there's like, it's it's very sort of Japanese inspired. So you have like the honeybee in where people go to see the girls and they've got their favorites and stuff. And then you have establishments at the honeybee in that are precisely, well, essentially the same, but in different parts of the city. So the, the girls are sort of near the business. People talk to them, spend time with them, but it's not a defined establishment. And then you have other areas where it simply isn't that and there's girls on the street and you think, all right, fair enough. Then you have like, um, even the people there, What one of the bits that I really liked was the materia seller is still laid down. Oh, yeah, that dude. I was so happy with that. You walk in and he's just like, and it's clearly obvious that um, this guy is um, on something of a yeah. herbal variety, <laughs> should we say. Or a materia um, variety. Yes. And, um, you know, he's sort of like, as he is in the original game, he's sort of lying on his side, you know, head propped up by his hand. And he's just like, you know, even the way he talks, he's like, ah, oh, you know, like, yo, dude, kind of thing. And it's like, <laughs> you just sort of look around the shop and obviously, you know, they've added more trinkets and stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, I know what you're selling in here, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I see that over there. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't roll over to see you because he's that indifferent in the original. But he mm. still sat there, chilled out, you know, laid down, one knee propped up, just sort of hand behind his head, you know, just really chilled. Yeah, I keep banging on about Wall Market, but it's it's it is incredible. It is. They've even added a coliseum, which I love a coliseum in any mm. action game. I really do because I like to um, not only hone my skills but build up some money and try and unlock stuff and what have you. Yeah, because um, you can that, usually get a lot of like rare items in them as well. That that's how I got um, Cloud and Aerith's second level limit break. Yes, yes. Because um, I, I, at this point, I've only got three to access, which is Cloud by himself, Aerith, 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 <laughs> sorry, by herself, and then the the team. And I mm. did all three, and I thought it was at that point where I'd already, I'll get into this in a second, but I, I already done the, the submissions for the the summons, which took me ages. Um, and I thought, you know what? If these are rare items, I've 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 heard apparently that uh, easy mode's too easy. So let's see how <laughs> easy it is. And I did all three originally on easy and I can't, I can't go back to easy. It is way, it, it is precisely as, as it's been stated. It's way too easy. I mean, just getting your, uh, the stagger meter up when you're playing on normal. If you don't have the material like I don't, so I find it harder. So I haven't done that mission yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't got this, the, the stagger material that helps you, it takes you ages to get them staggered. And mm-hmm. then you can lay into them because then sort of like, obviously they're staggered. But you, you can you can get more critical hits in the more susceptible for, to magic attacks and stuff, and it takes any battle takes me ages, and I have to really think about it. Mm. But on easy, all you have to do is mash attack. You don't even have to flip to other people. There's no tactics involved at all. 
which See, annoyed me. Yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I understand where Kotaku was coming from. It's just like, you know, the whole, it, it's too easy. I get where they're coming from, but at the same time, a mode like that needs to be in the game because not everyone has the time or the skill mm. to be yeah. able to play it on other modes. And I'm fine with that. You know, I, I've always been the kind of person that's like, I don't care if you play a game on easy as long as you have fun. Mm. And for some people, they just want to play it and enjoy the story. I don't care how you play a game. I really don't. If you like, if, you know, like Witcher 3, for example, has that mode Death March, you will never catch me on that because... You know, <laughs> um, I like my brain. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to have to like sell my firstborn to Satan to get through it. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's called Death March for a reason. And there's some people that absolutely love playing on those insane hard difficulties. And if that's what you enjoy, go for it. But if you just want to play the game and not have to stress about being stuck on a boss for three weeks, then play it on easy no judgment here absolutely none yeah see my thing right is but there were a lot of jokes at the time when kotaku yeah. said easy mode's too easy you know i jumped yeah. in with this just in water is too wet ice <laughs> is too cold yeah. you know what i mean it's like but but by saying this is too easy you shouldn't play it on easy you're mm. gatekeeping. You're saying you're saying yeah. to people who, I mean, you said it there, Lulu. You know, maybe you don't have the time or the skill, or maybe you've never played an action JRPG before, and you just mm-hmm. want to get through it. You know, yeah. By by telling those people you shouldn't play this game because you're not a real gamer or you're not you know you're not playing it properly. Hopefully, you can hear the bunny cuts there. Um, mm. You're telling people you shouldn't play this game, and I'm like, no, stop it, stop gatekeeping. Mm. If people yeah. want to play it easy. Let him, and I'm going to swear, I don't care. Let him f- play it on easy. You know what yeah, I mean? It's, stop shaming let, people. Exactly. That's exactly it. Because, like, I, I, I can't stand when people do that. You know, I can't stand it when people go, oh, well, I mean, you're not a real gamer. You don't, you know, you don't play it with X, Y, or Z. Or whenever someone says you're not a real gamer, I'm like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you talking about? I get about? it in the 14 community a lot because, you know, you've got your, um, your savage raiders which is high-end content and then there's people going why do you even play this game if you're not going to raid and it's like because Mm. i you know i one this isn't a job for me Mm -hmm. and two i'll do savage i have done savage content i enjoy savage content i just don't do it all the time because of the high stress that can come with it Mm. you know yeah i enjoy the you know that sense of achievement you get when you finally get through something of like you know when you really put your heart and soul into getting through it i've been there i've slogged at something for 12 hours to defeat it but one it's part of like um, medical reasons with the migraines that i get i can't slog at something like that all day to do it anymore because it's just not worth the the pain that i get afterwards and two I'm at that point in my life where I'm just like, yeah, I'll do it. But when I'm in the mood to, I'm not going to do it because somebody else has pressured me into doing it. So if yeah. I want to play a game on easy, I'm going to play a game on easy and I'm not going to feel bad about it. This is exactly <laughs> it, right? Everyone has to remember, right? I've said this before a few times, but like you don't have to play the game, right? A lot of people... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of points I'm going to raise here, but a lot of people go out, oh, this brand new game's out. I have to go buy it. I have to play it. Mm-hmm. No, you don't, right? No. There's no one putting a gun to your head and saying, you have to play the game or I'll blow your brains out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You, you've imposed this this rule on yourself, you know? And, yeah. and one of the things that I did, I've, I've talked about in the past when I got my Nintendo Switch, was one in, one out. Play one, Buy one game. 
play it until you finished it and then wait until the end of that calendar month and then buy another one. Mm-hmm. And part of that was so that I didn't end up wasting loads of money on games I never played. And part of it was yeah. also to take that pressure off of myself. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you are playing it. It doesn't matter, A, if you finish it or not, and B, how long it takes you. Because if you're having fun, because uh, I hate when people remove that element of fun, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, well, yeah. you know, you have to play this game for 12 hours or 14 hours or 100 mm-hmm. hours before it gets good. And I'm like, no, if it doesn't grip me from the beginning, if it isn't fun to play straight away, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to play it. And if it's gripped you and it's fun for you, fantastic. Go away and do your thing, right? But it's not for me. And yeah. if that means playing on easy, if that means skipping parts of the, the game, if that means not playing certain features, mm-hmm. then guess what? I'm going to skip that part of the game. I'm not going to play that feature. I'm going to play it on easy because I'm looking for something to entertain me mm-hmm. and to have fun with. Not, you know, there's so many people who are not into competitive esports who try to put themselves in that place where they're like, yeah, I've got the most kills in this game and I'm the best at this thing. And okay, that's fine. That's a legitimate yeah, achievement. I, I get it well in done. my FC at the moment. There's, um, you know, there's people in my FC that are more as I hate this term. I really do. And it's bunny quotes, but hardcore mm-hmm. players in an MMO, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we try on a weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we'll have events with the FC, whether it's doing some raiding or some more casual stuff, but we want to do it as an FC and hang mm-hmm. out and do stuff. And then I, because I'm the leader, I put it to a vote. I'm like, you know, we're on Discord. I'm like, right, do you want to do this, this or this? React with these emojis. Whatever wins, wins. We'll do it. And there's always got to be someone. <laughs> and it's always the hardcore players that are like, oh, look at you guys. You're all wimpy because you won't do this content. And it's like, have you ever thought that, like, people have been at work all week and they just don't want to do that? Yeah. They just want to have fun with friends that they play a game online with. Yeah, they don't want to have fun. They don't need more work at the weekend. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying that like doing high-end content isn't fun for that person. But, you know, we're all different people. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people in my FC that are, um, you know, they're sort of in my age range. A couple of them have got kids, you know. Yeah. When it comes to the weekend and their free time, it's like, yeah, maybe this weekend I am in the mood for high-end content and I want to do that. Or this weekend, I'm just like, I've had a really long week. My kid's been playing up for whatever reason because they're a kid and mm. they, it happens. They have weeks where they're just a pain in the bum. You know, parents out there, I'm sure you're listening and nodding your head and just going, yep, I've just had one of those weeks where my kids, for whatever reason, have just decided this week I am going to be the most annoying human being on the on the planet. And mm. it's fine. They're your kids. You love them and they do that, but it's exhausting. And then it's like, right, kiddo's in bed. My friends online are ready to play a game. Oh, but we're going to do this. And you just get that, uh-huh. So, yeah, you do just want to do something easy. And that's the same with solo games. You know, mm. again, kids been playing up all week or you've had a really crappy week at work. You get on your game and you're just like, sod it, easy mode. I don't care. <laughs> you, you need the win, don't you? Yeah, you do. It's you like need, you to need just... the win. You... Yeah. You, you've been essentially downtrodden all week doing something you, you either like or you don't like. You've been at work. You don't really want to be there. You'd rather be at home with your feet up, you know, with a beer, watching TV in the Bahamas, mm-hmm. wherever. And you think, right, I've slogged all week. Nothing's gone my way. This is going to go my way, and I'm going to stick it on easy. Yeah. I've, I've done it myself. I played after the disaster that I had my first iteration of resident evil 2 remake when i got resident evil 3 remake 
I put it on assisted and I don't care because I no. played that I played that game three times. I did three playthroughs on the first day because I enjoyed it that much. Awesome. Because it was just awesome. But uh, yeah, I'm, again, nothing against um, playing on easy mode, but I started, my start to that game was a bit abysmal. I, I started on normal. I thought I'll just, I'll play it standard. That's what it says it is. I started on normal. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, I inverted all of the camera controls. <laughs> oh, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you don't get a chance to change that until Oof. after the Scorpion battle. So the amount of times I nearly died in that Scorpion battle, not because of it being hard, because it is a bit challenging, but just because of my own inept control, because I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't used to the fighting mechanics. I didn't know you could pause it, so I was trying to do magic mm-hmm. and items on the fly. Didn't know you could do that, the shoulder buttons to, to like really slow it down. And mm. I couldn't lock on properly. I couldn't aim for Toffee. I couldn't do anything. So I really struggled with that. And then I put the camera right. And then I took time for some of the random battles to really get a hold of the mechanics. And I thought, at this point, I'm not changing difficulty. I'll just keep going. Mm. But to go from like the way it's, it, it says, you, I mean, when you choose your difficulty, you've got like normal. You know, it, it says if you want to challenge, play normal. If you want to enjoy the story, play on easy. And then you get classic. I haven't tried that yet, but I'm intrigued to. Mm. Um, maybe my second run or what have you. But I thought, I'm starting on normal. I just, I'll yeah. just keep going. And I have struggled so much. I, I think there was only two fights where I was slightly overleveled. The rest of it was I have flicked between characters just to mainly dodge and set up actions, magic. Um, I only recently found out that if you flick to Aerith, because I was playing as Cloud and just button bashing for the longest yeah. time trying to level up, I only found out that she's really fun to play. Um, she, yeah, yeah. Just some of her she, abilities and stuff. It's just the way she moves kind of reminds me of a dancer in FF14, and it's like the whole the pirouetting and what have you. Mm. She is like a dancer, and I do like that. I. I like what they've done with her because, you know, in the original game, it was like she'd launch herself across the battlefield and then you just get junk and then she'd be back. And it's like, no, I like that they've made her staff into almost like a very large wand. Yeah. And she's casting little spells from it, little projectile spells. I like that touch. I thought it was very good. Yeah. So very good. no more. She's not running up and twacking them over the head she's just firing little projectiles that was, yeah that, that's better for me because she is purely a magic build mm-hmm. um no matter what you do yeah um, she's purely a magic build right what was some of the other points bloody house hell house <laughs> i started the fight i saved it beforehand and i thought i'll save it before the entire tournament mm-hmm. and then just go through but yeah old habits die hard now saving between every fight and i up saved over it and i thought i can't go back now yeah and i went into the house fight and it's it's clearly you have to hit it with certain magics at certain points to mm-hmm. make it vulnerable yeah not this guy. <laughs> I relied on running in as Cloud 
back yeah. the hell out of it, which didn't work because it had barrier all the time. So my hits, I was recoiling every time I tried to hit it. I essentially relied on Cloud getting his limit break up for me to make it vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that battle took me about 20 minutes. Yeah. Mainly because I didn't, pro tip anyone playing Remake, have someone, it's it's not scan, it's called access materia. Make sure Assessed. someone's got that. Assess, that's it. Make yeah. sure someone's got that material because it'll tell you not how to do the fight, but it'll give you tips and it'll tell you weaknesses. It'll say, wait till they attack, either block it or dodge it and then attack them because they're weak. So it gives you a little hint. I'm pretty sure in that fight it would have said, when this barrier goes up, use this magic or it's weak to this or give me some sort of tips. I ran in and for 20 minutes I was bashing it with a sword. <laughs> and... Aerith in that entire 20 minutes was healing. I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> so yeah. I, I was like running in, a, a, attacking a military tank with a stick until it stopped, essentially. <laughs> it was it was a terrier attacking a giraffe. You know, it was. Um, but the thing is, I got so I got about 10 minutes into it and I thought, I'm not stopping. I'm started, so I'm going to finish. <laughs> I've had enough. I'm, I'm just going to keep going. And I struggle like hell all the way through that. And then I thought uh, afterwards, I thought I'm going to put that materia back on, and I didn't. <laughs> yeah, assess is a very handy materia to have. Mm. Pro- definitely pro tip there: keep that materia on someone, yeah. because there'll be times where you won't see enemies for a while, and you know, as you do, you forget what what they're weak to, what they do. Use it; it is your best tool throughout that game for little little handy tips and hints on how to defeat stuff like um there's um a shinra shoulder shoulder that um has a shinra shoulder shinra soldier just a grunt that has a riot shield and oh. you know oh yeah, yeah. me stupid me just was like I'm pretty strong. I'm taking down everything else. Cloud goes up to him and he just bounces off him with his sword. And I was like, huh. Took me a couple of random hits and trying to get around the bugger to, you know, get a back attack on him to go, I wonder if I use magic. Magic. Boom. Riot shield gone. Ha ha. You're mine. <laughs> so, mm. you know, I like that not all enemies are just straight. You know, you can just basically cut them down with Cloud. And yeah. that's another thing that I've just remembered. Cloud with the nail bat is like my favorite thing. Oh, I I took a picture and I texted this guy with it and I said, "Dude, get a nail bat." And mm-hmm. the first thing he said was, "The nails are in wrong way around." <laughs> reply. Let, let me tell you. I'll find my reply. I can't remember it, but I want to give it some justice. Bear with me. Where's that photo? Obviously, riveting podcast their quality. <laughs> um, Squid looks for a, for a text message. <laughs> so I put, I put, dude, one of Cloud's weapons in Final Fantasy VII Remake is an effing nail bat. He said, nails are pointing the wrong direction. This was my actual reply. I said, that's like saying this cake isn't cake enough. Well, it isn't. <laughs> said, it's a nail bat and he swings like a baseball bat. So the strong sw- strong strike is like a classic baseball swing. And when yeah. I started doing the strong strikes, when he was mm-hmm. winding up, in my head I was in. And then he hit. And then he yeah. had a satisfying twock sound. And it's like, da 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 
<laughs> is the best that. thing ever. And that's another thing. The sound design in this game is incredible because when you switch, when you've got a sword, you make typical, and this is going to sound so lame of me, but typical swordy noises, you know, the, the ching, the, the, the metallic sound, but then you get the nail bat and the sound design changes and you can hear that, that wooden bat connecting with stuff and it's just like bravo so satisfying isn't it? it is so satisfying oh, I, but yeah I, using that i'm i'm i was sort of using that and then i text yeah and i thought while i'm waiting for him i was just getting flashbacks when i was playing uh dead rising 2 the, one of the first combo weapons you get is a nail bat properly <laughs> pointing outwards and the strong attack is precisely that you hear the sound as you're winding it up and then you whack someone and I thought, my, my first thought was, I want to play Dead Rising now. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is just, and that's a weapon that you you either buy it or you get it from the... It's, it's from you, the you orphanage. Get, you get it from the patrol squad, don't you? Yeah, they give yeah. you it. Because that's before they start idolising him. Their signature yeah. weapon is a nail bat. And then when they start, you know, when you get notoriety, you notice yeah. all the kids have suddenly got wooden buster swords, which melted my heart, by the way. I was like, yeah. oh, look at them. I, I, <laughs> I thought you, that was awesome. I'll tell you one thing that I did like, but it's it's just with, with me, I've had, I've I've looked after family members, younger family members and stuff. So I know kids are, because I used to be one. Surprise, surprise. Um, wow. I know. There's, I thought there's you were part- born with the beard and the hair. <laughs> <laughs> Beards new, by the way. The, uh, the the stroke of indifference. Again, yeah, the stroke of indifference. Really well in oh, so we'll, we'll take a picture. Um, but <laughs> but um, th- there's a mission where you save two kids that are stuck in a stream, and mm. you've you've got to kill the new type of enemy beforehand. So you got to learn mm. that. Which was me basically. I set Aerith attacking with various different elements to see which one was weak against. And I, with Cloud, I went into Punisher mode and I was battering the hell out of it. I didn't really care. Once that was finished, you jump across and you save them and you jump back because Cloud's very agile. Mm. Ex-soldier is, is like that. When you're walking back with them, how the kids obsess over what sounds Cloud makes during the battle. And it's like, yeah, oh, this sound. No, it was more like this. No, it was this. No, it was more like this. And they eventually come to agree with it. And at the end of it, they go, in that right cloud, in that right cloud. I was sat there. I was moving. My head was in my hands, right? For two reasons. One, I thought, oh, my God, this is how kids are. But then I, I also thought, I can't deal with this. My teeth are going to rot. This is too sweet. It oh, was God. so cute. It was so, so cute. Because it's, it's bang on how kids would react yeah. in that situation. It's not yeah. like, oh, wow, thanks. It's sort of the obsess over it and yeah. over and over. And it, oh. it was. It was <laughs> utterly adorable. It, oh. Yeah. So well, one of the questions I've got to ask, because I think this sort of, this affects it, because I've seen different screenshots. The dress Tifa wears when you go to, to bunny quote, save her yeah. from... Don Cornio, is that affected by the choice you make earlier in the game when she said yes. we should go out? I thought yes. it was because the 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 costume I saw when I saw the little snippets, I was trying to avoid everything to do from, with Final Fantasy Seven. From what I've gleaned, that is the only time you get to make an easy option on the dress. Right, Cloud the, and Aeris's ones are dependent on certain things. I thought that you have that you do or don't do. Yeah. And depending on especially with Eris's dress, um, depending on which dress you get for her, 
you get a different animation when she's introduced to Cloud in it. So yeah. if you get the red dress, it's all fireworks and this, that, and the other, because that's the best dress you can get her. One uh, of the dresses... I didn't get that. Which one did you get? I got the pink one. Which pink one? There's two. Was it short or was it longer? It was it's really long and flowing. Right, okay. So you got the mid-tier one. The worst hey. one is a short pink dress, very plain. And right. you know how there's people at the bridge... For your one, there was like a few people at the bridge, like going, "Oh, isn't she pretty?" With the wor- the again, bunny quotes, worst dress. Mm. There's just dogs, wait, like waiting around. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that like depending on which dress you get, you get a different animation for that scene. And I was just like, yeah. "Yes, well, the, yes." The, so when I when, when I was seeing a lot of the promotion material, I was trying to skip because a lot of it yeah. was on YouTube and stuff. You saw Tifa when she was in Don Don Corneos, I'll say it right. Mm-hmm. When when you sort of get introduced there when Aerith and Tifa start mm-hmm. talking, she's in that blue dress and her hair's yeah. down, right? Yeah. I got the what I can best describe as Chun Li look. Did you go for sporty or exotic? Yes, I went sporty. Yeah, I I've seen picture I haven't got it myself because my second playthrough I chose exotic and I've still got to get there. Again, I'm on my way there. Um, but I have seen the Chun Li dress and I was just like yeah. Yes. <laughs> it I'll I'll be honest, it does look good on her, but the the crowning bit on that is when Cloud's chosen and the Dom says to the guys, You can have the other two. It's that's that's pretty much the line. You can have the other two. And they get escorted down and they're all sort of like they're acting innocent and what have you. And the minute things go down and they have to start fighting. I just thought, this is Street Fighter. Yeah. This is a Street Fighter scene because she's dressed as Chun-Li. And mm-hmm. she's doing flying kicks and throwing people. And I think at one point, does does Aerith either hit someone in the face with ice or suck a bunch of them or something? She does something. No, it's, I know it's she kicks someone and she, she uses someone. a chair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, but when I, when I saw her use that chair, I just hear a ding-ding afterwards. It just yeah. made me giggle. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I thought it might be, I just wanted to confirm because if I look at anything online for this, it's going to spoil it. Mm-hmm. So I, I just thought I might ask that because I, f- I figured it was, it was much because I saw it and I thought, no, she wears a, either a blue or a purple dress in the original. What, what the yeah. hell is going on? Mm-hmm. And it took me ages and I thought, oh, probably that decision I made. Yep. A few times you get them decisions and I think, no, I don't want to because I want to see both outcomes. Mm-hmm. Or multiple outcomes, but I ain't got a choice. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to make sure of that. The the submissions with the summons. Uh-huh. Now here's a sore subject. Why? I can understand they've got a shoehorn and min, but they were so difficult. Yeah. And I have heard that there's a a particular summon that I was not expecting that I'm trying to work towards. And, uh but I get it and I don't at the same time. I mean, the, the, I don't know how they're going to implement like part two or part three. I'm, I'm just assuming you can carry, carry your save over, but I can, I can understand if they wanted to get iconic summons in so people can see them because it's obviously Final Fantasy seven. Yeah. Out of the two I've experienced so far, which is Fat Chocobo, which was hilarious, and mm-hmm. Shiva, Fat Chocobo was the easiest, and that's saying something, because that mm. one's still difficult. Shiva, 
I was elated when I first when I first tried it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's Shiva, iconic summon. She's been in mm-hmm. damn near every single one of them. It's it's not as much as Final Fantasy fourteen, but she's still got dem hips, you know. Yeah, um, dem hips do not lie. And we've yeah. got another version of Shiva in fourteen now. We've got right. two. Oh, <laughs> Double barrel Shiva. Double oh. barrel hips. Oh god. Um, no, on more Wally girl. More Wally girl in the yeah. in the second iteration. I, I can't even imagine that. Um, I'll have to but, send you pictures. Oh god. But yeah, in fact, it's... I'll just send you a video of the fight because it's quite impressive how they've done it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fight starts off and she can quite clearly hit you with ice magic instantly. Mm. Whereas if you play the game, any magic you do, there's a bit of a wind-up or there's a certain animation, yeah. so you have to time it right. Um, whenever she moves, she leaves trails. She can hit you with an area of effect attack. There's those bloody icicles. Then you mm-hmm. get about halfway through the fight and then she goes, oh, I'll just summon three ice orbs to make your life a lot harder. Yes. And I did this without the first strike material, so I haven't unlocked that yet. I haven't unlocked the um, the stagger material. I haven't unlocked the material where your ATB bar goes up faster. So I'm yeah. going in plain vanilla mm-hmm. with, with magic that I can barely get two casts of because she's that quick. Mm-hmm. I've got Ifrit, but he only jumps in once. Which helps, but not as much. And it took me about 19 attempts. And it went from Shiva's got them hips. I'm really glad she's in this, you know, because mm. iconic uh, summon and she's like an ice goddess and stuff. To it was the one of two moments so far where I've raged. Was it? Was it a case of I hope you melt? <laughs> no, my exact <laughs> phrase was um, sod this summon. She can stick it up around. <laughs> was what I was, yeah, and the thing was, I've got headphones, and all the headphones that I have plugged, because I've, I've got mul- I've got different ones. All the headphones that I've plugged into the pad are noise cancelling, so I can't mm. tell the volume of which yeah. I'm shouting. And I was yeah. told by people I live with that I was shouting my head off. <laughs> and there was there was th- it was that fight in the house fight that had me absolutely raging. Mm-hmm. When I when I went against Fat Chocobo, it was almost a relief. <laughs> and, and, and I did that at an earlier level because I, I tried Shiva and I thought I'm not doing this, I'll wait then I did Fat Chocobo and I was a bit more powerful and I thought this is a reprieve after 17 attempts you know, mm-hmm. the Shiva one then I eventually went back to Shiva because I thought I should have this really before I go against the Don because I'm probably going to need it and yeah. it was just the two extra attempts and I thought I've got a bit more used to it. My magics, I've got fire maxed out, you know, yeah. I should be able to do this. My weapons are a bit more leveled up and two sweary attempts later. And I got it. And, hey. and I haven't even got to a point where I can use it in battle. Cause I've equipped it on cloud and someone's only start to appear mm-hmm. when you're in the red. So it's like a, a last ditch. You're in trouble. I'm going to help you. I've put HP up on clouds so he's never gone into the red so i still haven't seen it i still haven't seen mm. shiva in battle because you know all all that trouble 19 attempts and i still haven't seen it because cloud i've just upped his hp too as much as i can she's she's very fun in battle i like her again i like the way she moves around because she's not she's not walking she's floating and she's getting this ice trail behind her and it's like it's the little details in in games that i like um, I have experienced the other summons, which is like Carbuncle 
which is good for mm-hmm. healing. But I used that right at the beginning, and I didn't know how to use summons properly, so I haven't experienced that. Cactor, because I, I got the deluxe edition, you get a few extras. Yeah, Cactor is a hell of a lot of fun because mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's just a, a nippy little cactus. It's not a massive one. It's a nippy little cactus, and whenever you use him, he makes these like squeaky noises. And I can never see where he is on the battlefield. I can just hear him, you know. <laughs> the, 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 the chocobo chick is always flitting around. If Rick mm-hmm. just walks around like an absolute beast, he does yeah. not get zero. I'll, I'll bleep this, but zero. Mm-hmm. He just walks mm-hmm. around um, to a point where I had Ifrit on Aerith for a while, and she quite often got targeted. So mm. she had a health down. So it was always Ifrit on the battlefield. And when I sort of utilize the the thing of she can get her bar up really fast. Yeah. And then so can Cloud. So I was flipping between them to do like basic attacks. And then whenever I summoned them, I was constantly using the summon attacks. Once mm. I finally got used to that. I mean, if I started again, I'd, I'd have a lot easier time with it. Um, you know, it, it got a lot better. I've even used Fat Chocobo and that, that battle was a pain, but using it is an absolute delight because... Yes. Because it turns up and there's three Moogles with it. <laughs> and whenever they attack, I think there's one where the, the Moogle gets thrown or they pick up Fat Chocobo and roll them towards it, but they sort of turn up and you see the Moogles and they've all got white bandanas on. Right? <laughs> and they sort of turn up and Fat Chocobo just lands and the Moogles turn up and they're stood there trying to look menacing with their arms crossed. And I paused it and I, for about two minutes I was going, Oh, what one? <laughs> <laughs> but they're so deadly serious in the battle and at the end of it they just chuck this fat chocobo up and he lands on your enemy <laughs> so I, I flipped that with Aerith so I can see that more yeah because <laughs> I mean fat chocobo was in the original it was one of those it, it, it was part of the chocobo moogle materia and it happened every so often mm. um, and it was always funny when it happened because you didn't see the chocobo hurtling towards him with a moogle with that headband on, you know, yeah. uh, riding towards it. You just saw this big shadow, and then a chocobo landed on and it. And then just bwomp. Uh, yeah. Um, so I haven't seen Shiva. I'll probably flip it onto a weaker character, almost get killed, and then try it out. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've got to see Shiva. I, I, so far, I like... If it's a beast, but Fat Chocobo is my favourite so far. It has to be. It's so fun. I know there's other... There's other summons you can get via the submission thing, but I'm not concentrating on that as much. I'm trying yeah. to do it for the start. I've got a feeling that the, the material I'll get from him is going to be very useful, but I haven't got it yet. I mean, I didn't get all the summons for him on my pl- first playthrough, mm. so, and I, I got through it okay. Mm. Um, the last fight was definitely tricky. An experience. Uh yeah, yeah, there was a lot of, um, sorry, you're going to have to bleep, but a lot of, oh, f- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was in the original Final Fantasy, wasn't there? When, mm-hmm. you, when it was the enemy's turn and you saw some at the top and you just went, oh, and you know you're in for a battering. And yeah. it's like two rounds worth of stuff, you'd be panic healing. But, yeah, um, yeah uh, heads, but, um, Again, I can't talk about the final fight, but it's one of those where you look at it, you look at your characters, you look at it, and I just remember saying at like, it must have been about two in the morning because I was determined to complete it. Uh, incoming bleep for you, but I was just like, well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely one of those moments. <laughs> yeah. so I've, I've, I've only got a few more bits, but I'll save the most intriguing for last, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've completed it. You've, as, as Jay said, you're on your, uh, 12 bajillionth playthrough. <laughs> um, Not quite that excessive, I but yeah. I think I said 12 t bajillion. Get it okay. right. Okay. 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 12, 12 t bajillion then. <laughs> Excuse the hell out of me. Um, but <laughs> I know one of the things that unlocked when you complete it, because Chief inadvertently said that in a text message. Mm-hmm. He said that you can unlock hard mode after you complete it. Yes. My question, and it's probably going to be no, and I'm going to be really sad about this. I'll be a sad panda. But is there a new game plus? Yeah, there's a chapter selection. Yes. Yep, as oh, soon I'm as you complete it. That. You get a screen that goes, you've now unlocked hard mode, congrats, kind of thing, um, and chapter select. So that you can go through and you can either restart from the, the beginning with all your levels, all the items that you've gotten, blah, 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 and go back through like that. Or you can just go, oh, I really like this chapter. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to start here. So, yeah, there is a new game plus um, and hard mode and chapter select. So that oh, is correct. That is going to be so therapeutic. Going through the, the first areas with a nail bat. It's going to be so therapeutic. <laughs> Beating the crap out of that scorpion with a nail bat. I've got a feeling I've missed out on some weapons as well. So mm. I'm going to have to do a bit more exploring, I think. Is it just me or the equivalent of the all materia? Was it a bit weird when you sort of picked it up and it wasn't called all? Did you find that a bit weird? Uh, What was it called? Remind me. I should have written it down. I can't remember. It's one of those where in, it enhances your. It it doesn't. You compare it with magic, and it enhances it. But if you oh, you're talking it, about the elemental materia. That's no, not no, no, all. No, 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 the other one. It was. I can't remember what it's called now. I should because the elemental one, you get a attack elemental, and you get a defense to it, don't you? I'm talking uh-huh. about the one where it enhances materia. Oh, oh. I should have written it down. You know which one I'm on about, don't you? Yeah. Oh, I had a weird name. I yeah. should just load up the game and look. Yeah. Um, uh. But I got that, and I thought, why do you? Why don't you just call it all? And then I realised that if you use it with an elemental attack, it magnifies it. The only time it mm-hmm. does it with all is if you mix it with cure. Yeah. Which I thought really weird, but it kind of makes sense. Mm. In a way, it's just you know when you you see a new mechanic and you think, well, it won't like that in the original. Well, none of it yeah. came out in the original. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I didn't have a pixel count in the original. You know. Yeah, I picked up an enemy skill material. I haven't. And yeah, I've got one. Mm. I have no idea how to use it though, because it's it's there, yeah. and it's like, oh, you can learn enemy skills. How? When, when do I get informed that yeah. I've learned an enemy skill, and where does this list go? Because you know, like mm. on the old FF seven, you had all those stars that let you know what level your materia was. And for the enemy skill, there was like 20 plus of these stars. And each time you filled it up, you got a list, a scrolling list of all the abilities you learned that you could use. And it, But it would notify you because um, yeah. you, you're, the character that had it would do like um, almost like a little turn. Yeah. Um, they'd do a little turn and then it'd come up on the text bar. Cloud has learned aqualung for example mm. and it's like oh cool and then that's automatically in your list just remember to save afterwards because otherwise <laughs> yeah yeah i think um, we've all done that <laughs> but yeah there's a couple of materia that i just look at and i'm just like 
eh, nani? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get yeah. it. The, the original animation, when you learned some it, it was sort of like a, a half. In, in the original, when you were confused, your character spun on the spot, didn't they? Yeah, Constantly. but they actually when... did a proper turn on their foot. Yeah. It was a whole new animation for it. It, it just reminds me of that 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 10. But it's, it's just some... I mean, some of the material has been renamed. Some of it's been repurposed. Mm-hmm. The elemental one, it's you know, it, it kind of makes sense. You don't get much of a buff, but if if you, it's one of those one hit in say ten or twenty. If you're fighting mm. against someone who's got a weakness against that element, and you suddenly get it, your stagger goes through the roof. Yeah, which is a nice little bonus. And then yeah. you're down on one knee, and you just all pile in. You know, the, yeah, sort of like the persona was, style. You know, that was definitely one yeah. thing I hated in thirteen was the stagger system because it was just so awful. It was. I don't think it was implemented right. No, they made it too. So there was some some enemies where it was super easy to stagger them, and then certain bosses. Looking at you, Bartandalus, where it felt nigh on impossible to stagger him, and then when you did, the the, the stagger didn't last long enough for you to mm. make enough of a dent worth it. And it's just like, okay, great. Mm. So I hated the stagger system in 13. They improved it in 13.2 and Lightning Returns. It definitely got better. But in 13, it was god-awful. <laughs> god-awful. So a couple of other things. First of all, mm-hmm. did you have the same reaction as I did when Cloud got a hand massage? <laughs> I'm getting you by your reaction. <laughs> so there's there's a massage parlor in Walmart, right? Madam M, I love Madam her. M, she offers massages, but it's just for your hands, right? It's just your hands, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And it is when when you see the cutscene, depending on which one you chose, I chose the deluxe because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, certain movements she makes while you while you're getting your hand massage and Cloud's reactions, especially. Um, it's very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I didn't quite know how to react to it. I was sat there, and my initial thought was, if if I said to anyone, yeah, this game's really cool, you should watch it, there's like, when no one's in the room, I'm in mid-battle, when someone who I want to explain how awesome Final Fantasy Remake, when I want to explain to them, they walk in during that scene. It, you, you know, like that episode of The Simpsons where Grandpa Simpson walks into the um, the, uh, the the brothel the and then yeah. just does a U-turn straight out. That would that's what would happen if somebody walked in on you in that scene. It would be a do 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 oop do 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 back out the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it was awkward to watch, but I think that was the whole point. Yeah. But I liked what happened afterwards was Cloud just walking out with his hands and just flexing them because they were so relaxed. And Aeris yeah. is just like, what happened in there? What's wrong with you? And he's just like, so white. So, yeah, and he's just like looking at his hands like, oh, my God, you know, because his hands are important to him for obvious reasons. He wields a big bloody sword and it's heavy um but yeah it's just him walking around like flexing his fingers and looking at them looking at them and he's just going so light so so much better yeah, so, <laughs> and so he's just like that's, 
Yeah, and it was just like, that's what got me laughing. So the initial watching it was like, oh, this is awkward. But it was <laughs> the payoff was worth it to see Cloud just sort of like doing that and being all like, oh, soft and floaty like. <laughs> please. Please. <laughs> oh, soft and floaty like. Okay, no, no, that's my new message, John. Right. What we, what we need is Final Fantasy VII the remake, the northern version of Cloud. <laughs> I'm, I'm just hearing a Scottish Cloud now. No, because like, if he was northern, he'd come out and he'd be like, bye, egg, my hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. They feel marvellous. That's it. She's, she's a cracker at her job, eh? <laughs> Question to the community then. Send in the audio of your best impersonation of Cloud as a northerner, as someone from Yorkshire, that whole Yorkshire-Lancashire area. <laughs> So, so Jesus. That- <laughs> yeah. Holding a fart or something. <laughs> Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link.